this week alone, I've actually been able to come alongside and pray with people, with different uh, folks and families from our church, from outside of our church, around matters that are very heavy. Matters having to do with loss, with grief, with pain, with sickness, with losing loved ones. As a world, as a country, and as a community, we continue to navigate life and all the challenges that come along with that. And even though there is a real pain that we name, because we've all gone through pain, we name the pain. But pain and suffering do not have the final claim. We name the pain, but pain and suffering do not have the final claim. They do not have the final claim on your life or on mine or on us as a community, as a faith family. They don't have the final claim because in Christ, there is always joy. And because of Jesus Christ, there is always hope. And there is always a future. There is always a future to look ahead to. Because Christ gives us that hope. Now we can only understand true hope in light of pain and suffering. Because without pain and suffering, we don't understand or receive hope and goodness, do we? Now, when we think of the personal pain that we've experienced, and I know you've, you've walked along, you, you've navigated through that because I've been able to pray with you and walk alongside you in some of that. But when we think about some of our personal pain or even um, when we think about the world and the constant daily challenges that exist, there's a very natural question that we can think of. And that question is a question that you've asked, that I've asked, that we've all asked at different points. And that question is, why? Why? Why the pain? Why the challenge? Why the suffering? Why the setback? And friends, brothers, sisters, I want you to know that the Word of God is our rule for life. The Word of God is where we go to when we're seeking um, comfort and, and when we're seeking guidance. And the book of Job asks these same questions. The book of Job asks why in the suffering. There are two big questions in the book of Job, and next week we're going to be learning more about the context and uh, the background in Job. But today we're getting into the main purpose, the questions that Job asks. And the big question that Job asks is actually um, this, and you can write it down and there's a slide for it right behind me. But the question is this, if God loves us, why do we go through pain and suffering? Who's ever felt that way? Or ask that, or maybe pray to that quietly. And then the second question in Job is the question, how do we hold on to faith in the hard times of this life? How can we continue to trust God when nothing makes sense? That's what the book of Job guides us in. That's the story that Job takes us on. How do we worship a good God? Yet there is pain, yet there is suffering in the world. Worshiping a good God and at the same time going through 
these um, these these challenges, it can be difficult to make sense of all of that together. But I've found, friends, brothers, sisters, I've really found that when walking along alongside someone in their pain, in their suffering, there is no quick fix. There's no just quick word, quick solution to just make it all better or band-aid to make it all better. But the first step in walking alongside someone who's experiencing pain and suffering is to just comfort them, to show up, to show up in their lives, to be present, and to pray. Comfort through presence and prayer rather than simple answers. I know that's the temptation for so many of us. When someone's going through pain and suffering, what does it do? It makes us uncomfortable because it reminds us of our own pain, of our own suffering. So what do we want to do? Give a quick answer, a quick fix. But there is no quick answer. There is no quick fix. Rather than giving that simple answer, there are answers, of course. Christ is our answer. But the more profound, and the more, more profound of question than why is actually helping people understand who. Who is with them in their pain. Emmanuel, God with us. God with us always. And together, in someone's pain, we can point to the God who is with us. To the God who was with Job. And he is surely with us. A person suffering actually first um, needs to be inspired by the people of God before they're going to be inspired by a good argument or a quick fix or a quick solution or a quick catchphrase or a religious uh, cliche. God calls us to show up, to show up when it's difficult, to show up in someone's pain, in someone's suffering. God's going to be there already. And we as his people can come alongside one another in those times. We can pray and we can point to the presence of God. Throughout the book of Job, we're going to see examples of friends that Job had that actually um, were, were wise and those that were unwise. And the unwise friends were those that wanted to just blame Job for his pain, for his suffering. To give a quick fix, to give a quick uh, response. But those that helped Job the most were those who just were present, who showed up, who prayed, who pointed to God. We are pointing. When we point to God, we point to a living hope. When we show up because someone has shown up for us, that's Jesus. He's shown up for us in our darkest hours. He's been there. He's been that light. We can point people to the living hope and show up in, our, in, in their suffering and their difficult times. So when someone is in pain, what are we called to do? And you can write this down. When someone is in pain, whether it's a friend, a, bro, a brother or sister in Christ or a family member, the, this is what we're called to do. We're called first and foremost to pray. Begin with prayer. Pray for them. And second, we listen. And then finally, we point to the presence of God. We ourselves won't be the solution for them, but we point to the one who is the solution. We point to God's presence. The Bible 
and here in the book of Job, actually encourages us to remember that suffering is not a curse. Suffering is not God blaming you for something. But suffering and pain that we experience in this life sometimes is a part of the journey of faith. It's a part of what it means to follow Jesus Christ. It's a part of following the one who the prophets, prophets actually call the suffering servant. Now, the truth is we all experience pain and suffering, but there, and, and, and I, want you, I want you to hear this today. This is the main takeaway from today. We all experience pain and suffering, but friends, brothers, sisters, there is a hedge of protection over you. There is a hedge of protection over you in your pain, in your challenges. And that hedge of protection is the presence of God. The presence of God that unexplainably sustains us in all things. Nothing has the power to destroy you. Because you have a hedge of protection over you that will sustain you, that will keep you, that will give you strength. As it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 5, for just, and, and we have it right in the back, uh, yeah, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 5, for just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. So this month, we're learning about Job. We're learning about what it means to trust God even when it's very, very hard. But the story of Job actually points ahead to someone else in the Bible, to someone else in the story of salvation. Of salvation. Job suffered and then Job was restored. But Jesus Christ is the supreme example of what it means to suffer while not being at fault. He had no fault, yet he suffered. Similarly, while we suffer sometimes in this life when we really um, believe that we're not at fault in it, when that happens, we're actually being shaped, we're actually being molded more and more into the image of Jesus. Even when we feel it, even when we see it, that's the mysterious thing that God is doing through our suffering. We're a people that sometimes will be marked by suffering. In fact, Jesus, in the physical resurrection, some of you remember this, right? When he came back, was restored, redeemed, brought salvation to everyone, but he was still marked with the scars and the wounds on his hands. In fact, that's how his followers, his disciples, actually recognized him, right? Through the scars in his hands. And that seems so counter. How can that even be? right? Now, although it's challenging, I want you to hear this, that the most important and profound part of our suffering is that our suffering, when we, uh, in, when, when, when we place our hope and our trust in Jesus, when we abide and rest in Jesus, our suffering actually points to a bigger story, to something beyond just you and me. Just as all life comes through some sort of suffering, all suffering can bring new life. I mean, even to put it very simply, right? We're all here 
We were born because there was a woman who, that's her mom, who suffered on your behalf to give you life. All suffering brings about new life. In fact, I'd actually be willing to say that nothing good in life comes without some suffering. God can do something new, something beautiful. He can restore, he can redeem, he can renew. And the good news is that we're not called to go through these challenges alone. In light of our calling to follow Jesus in all times, even in the darkest times, we can remember that our, suffer, that, that our suffering, when we're aligned with, with Christ, can point to God's salvation, to something bigger, to God restoring all things back to himself. This isn't just a call to, you know, to, to make things light or to put a band-aid on our challenges and our pain. But when we suffer, we can actually trace all of that to the calling that we have as we follow Jesus, the one who took up his cross and didn't deserve it. The one who was called that, the suffering servant. And the amazing fruit of our calling is that through being faithful in our suffering, we can even bring hope to others. We can even point others to the light of Jesus. In our suffering, we can point to Christ. We can point to the one who brings about true healing and true peace. Now to be those who carry our crosses, who follow Jesus in this way by laying down our lives for others as Jesus did, we can actually point to a bigger story. Now, friends, brothers, sisters, we may not. Uh, that, that's my prayer for us today. And as we're taking time to pray, to reflect on some of the pain we've experienced, on some of the grief you're experiencing right now, my prayer is that you would not give in to the myth that that pain, that that suffering has to do with punishment. Or that our suffering, our, uh, all that stuff is God's response to sin or his disappointment to you. No. God's not disappointed. Remember, when he sees us, he sees us in the light of Jesus. We're justified. He actually sees righteousness. So it's not God just trying to shun you or punish you. When that thought comes to your mind, that's actually a lie. And what can you say to lies? Say no. No. In fact, we see this strange conversation, right, between God and Satan in the beginning of Job. And what's Satan trying to do there? He's trying to accuse, to accuse Job of something, of finding some dirt on Job and putting that on to God. The word Satan just means that. It just means accuser. So when someone's trying to accuse you, who do you think that is? It's Satan. It's the accuser. And what do we say to Satan? We say, no. No. Not today, Satan. Some of you have seen it, right? Have sung it. Have seen the, the slogan. Not today. No. What scripture's suggesting here is actually something mysterious, something grace-filled something very different than what we could imagine. And that's this, that our suffering is the confirmation of our calling. 
to follow Jesus in a broken world. So when we follow Jesus faithfully in a broken world, we're going to encounter pain and suffering. We carry on the mission of Jesus even in our suffering. We point to the new creation. We point to God making all things beautiful in his time. This is who we are. We are followers of Jesus. Even in the darkest times of our suffering, what do we do? We point to God's light. We speak of God's hope. And we carry our crosses. And remember, when we follow Jesus, we go through the cross. We go through pain and suffering. We go through pain and suffering to victory. There's always victory. Jesus tells us himself, right? John 16, 33, in this world, you will have trials and challenges, but take heart, I have overcome the world. We can point to God's light in all of our challenges, in all of our pain. Of course, this month, these past two months, we've been uh, remembering and we've been uh, uh, thanking God for the life of our dear brother, Ruben Madrid, who made an eternal impact on so many of us here at Imago Church and on so many countless others. But even in the darkest, most difficult times, some of you that were with him in those times can, uh, and, and many spoke of this. I saw it firsthand. But even in the darkest, most difficult times, our brother Reuben let the light of Christ shine in him. He let the light of Christ shine through him and around him. And that will never be forgotten. We can do that. Even in whatever challenge, whatever pain we're experiencing right now, whatever setback, whatever annoyance, whatever frustration, you got to know this. God's got you. He's got you in all of it. And there is a purpose for this. There is something greater going on. There is a story that God is bringing together right now. There is a testimony that's in the works. So friend, brother, sister, here's my word to you as your pastor no matter what you're going through, hold on. Hold on to Jesus. Hold on as he is holding on to you. Hold on to the God who will never, ever let go of you. Because right now, in that trial, there is a testimony in the works. There is a story that you're going to tell that points to God's salvation, that points to God's hope. So hold on and don't let go of God because our God holds you and he will guide you. As it's said there in Psalm 125, just as the mountains, uh, mountains cover Jerusalem, cover the city, cover God's people, so the arms of the Lord cover you. There's a hedge of protection covering you. Trusting in Jesus will give us courage. Courage to move forward because this life oftentimes is a life that can be marked with tears, that can be marked with challenges and with setbacks as well. You guys, you all remember that passage of our Lord Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was praying, he was crying out to the Father. 
The scripture even says that he was sweating blood. And I'm sure that along with sweating blood, he was shedding tears before God the Father. Jesus, in this other passage that many of you know, in John chapter 11, verse 35, it's the shortest verse in the entire Bible. Who knows what it is? Many of us have it memorized. That verse is, Jesus wept. Jesus wept. And why was Jesus weeping? Jesus was weeping because he had just lost a friend and a family member. Many of us have been there. Jesus gets it. Some of us know what it means to go through long journeys of pain, through long seasons where it seems like there's no light at the end of the tunnel. And all of us here, we have shed tears before. I don't care how strong you say you are or how emotionally healthy or whatever it may be or how stable you are. The truth is we all weep. We all cry. We all shed tears. That's part of what it means to be human. We all laugh. We all cry as well. And the word of God, scripture, has a lot to say about our tears about those times where we have nothing else to say except cry out to God. And remember these words. When we cry, Jesus wept. Jesus wept. When we remember that Jesus wept, that's, that's a reminder to us. That's evidence that God says in his word that when you cry out to me, the Lord listens. God listens. When you cry out, God says, I am close to you. I am close to the broken hearted. Today, may we take that courageous step in being real with God, in being real with one another in our pain, in our suffering. And may we cry out with the assurance, with the confidence that God, our cre the creator of all things, holds us and that there is a hedge of protection over us, that we are loved, that we are cared for, and that no matter what, it's going to be all right. I want you to receive that, to hear that this morning, that no matter what you're going through, you are going to be all right. It's not just a cliche, but it's a gospel truth. And we're proclaiming that this morning. That because of Jesus, because of his death, because of his resurrection, we are going to be all right. Because you are loved. You're going to be okay. There's a hedge of protection over you. You're going to make it through this. And you know exactly what this is. He's taking you through it. There is a hedge of protection over you that will hold you, that will sustain you, and that will give you the strength that you need to get through. I want you to remember this, and you can write it down. And this isn't my original language. This is language that's been used for many, many decades by by people that are, are very wise and, and know um, what it means to, to go through difficult things. But I want you to write this down and remember this phrase in the toughest times. 
if God brings you to it, God will walk you through it. If God brings you to it, God will walk you through it. He won't leave you hanging. He's going to take you through it. And remember this, friends, brothers, sisters. If God gave Job strength in his time of need, of need then of course, the Lord will be your strength in your time of need. Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you because you are the God of all seasons. And Lord, even when we touch on heavy topics like this, Lord, we just want to invite you into all of it. We want you to be Lord of all. So God, we just pray that today, you, Lord, would be the one to carry us through. And that we would remember, Lord, these everlasting and eternal and powerful words. That if God brings you to it, you will see us through it. You will walk us through it, Lord. And that we are never, ever alone. Thank you, Lord, that in the same way that you provided for Job, that you give, gave him strength, that you restored all things to him. That's the work that you're doing in us through Jesus. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away, but our hearts will choose to say, blessed be your name, Jesus. Blessed be your name in the pain, in the tears, in the suffering. When we ask why, when we ask why not, blessed be your name. Lord, we believe in you because you are the God of miracles. You are the God of wonders. You are the God who provides everything that we need. You are the God who hugs us and holds us with a hedge of protection wherever we go. Lord, our trust is not in our situations. Our trust is in you, Jesus. So today, we want to be able to let go and let God to trust you to do what you need to do in us and through us. We surrender, Lord, and we pray, Jesus, that you would do that new thing in us, that you would bring that strength that only you could bring. Build us up for your purposes, Lord, so that in all times and all seasons, we could hold on to the God who is always holding on to us, who will never let go of us, and who will see us through. Thank you, Lord. Spirit, guide us by this truth throughout this week and throughout this month as we dive deep into how to trust you through our pain. We name our pain, but it doesn't have the final claim on us. Only the blood of Jesus does. And that is victory. That is newness. That is new life, new creation, new beginnings. We love you, Lord. And we thank you for sustaining us and holding us through all of it. In Jesus' name we pray.